Your Whiskey Reel presents Judgment Day. Listener discretion is advised. The podcast that you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed are merely for comedy purposes. This is your Judgment Day. We all go a little mad sometimes. What an excellent day for an exorcism. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I sat in here with Sean recording one, and you could just hear us just smashing pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Two fucking fat asses. (laughs) Yeah, everything comes through. You don't realize. It sure does. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today is, of course, Judgment Day. In this podcast, I invite one of my lovely, lovely friends to inform them that today is, in fact, the end of times. They've been shuffled off this mortal coil, and it's time for me to decide whether or not they ascend to paradise or burn forever in a lake of fire. What no one knew was that God is actually a total cinephile, and I, Bobbeth Van Noys, have been chosen to take a ask a series of questions about the movies that meant the most to them. Their taste in films will be the ultimate test determining their eternal fate. You guys, this is a great day. You're in for a fucking treat, I promise you. I have invited on one of my oldest, my bestest. He uh, he's the reason I'm doing this podcast. If we're being if we're being frank, um, he's an artist. He's an entrepreneur, uh, photographer, podcaster in his own right. Uh, he great he makes great caricatures sometimes. I found one yesterday that you did for me actually. Yeah, oh, did you? It was, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. You're a husband and a father. An all-around brother, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Hans Hollenbeck. Thunderous applause. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for inviting me onto the show. Well, actually, you were like one of the first people that occurred to me when I started wanting to do this. I was like, this is a great excuse to just sit down with Hansi and maybe shoot the shit and talk about some some old reminiscing. Yeah, we need to catch up, man. We've We've... Haven't seen each other in a, in a bit. Well, you, you know, you got married and you've moved into a. You're a busy man professionally, which is great. I totally. love, to, love yeah. to see that. Uh, tell them what are we doing? What are you doing right now? What is your main hustle? Wow, there's so much going on in my life. Um, but yeah, being married is top of the game. I to a lovely gal. She is awesome. Yep, love her. I've hit a lot of foul balls in my day, and then this finally a home run yep. and it's it's a triple off the wall at least oh god <laughs> yeah stand up triple at least just because i'm slow that's all um no she's awesome and if i could spend every waking moment with her i'd be a happy man but yeah. i do have a bunch of other interests too i'm still writing i just finished second novel it's absolutely on the back burner not doing anything with it but okay. i'm definitely writing um Talk about your first novel. So High Point was my first novel. I've been writing since I was a kid. Can we still get High Point on Amazon? Yeah, is that still out there? Okay, it's it's archaic. It's dated, but it doesn't matter, man. Yeah, yeah. I I wrote it. it. I wrote it when I was like twenty one. Took me like nine years to get published. Yeah, Yeah. and I wish I would have gone through different avenues, got a better better editor and publicist, etc., etc. But we live and learn. Yeah, man. It's a it was a lesson. Um, well, when your second novel just crushes, that's, we'll talk about you as yeah. an overnight success. We'll see. I mean, I do it for the love of the game. I know you do. Um, 
we are in the presence of Blake Crouch. We're in his studio right now. We it's kind of cool. Um, and uh, Mountainside give, Studios. Mountainside so, yeah. Studios. But we give call him it Cloud props City. Cloud City for short. Yeah. Uh, what I learned about riding is it's not just about riding. It's about getting your ass out on the pavement, hitting the streets, shaking hands, kissing ass, making sure. it happen, marketing, marketing, marketing all the time. Yeah. And I hate doing all that shit. I just want to write and I want to uh-huh. be creative. And so that's one of those things I haven't taken that next step of just saying I need to commit myself full time right. to doing this. Um, and so props to him for doing all that. But I have, uh, like you said, I'm a photographer, so I have my own photo thing going on. We do a bunch of weddings, you know, portraiture, mm-hmm. landscape. I work with Visit Durango a lot. Props to them too. They've they've kept me busy all year. And you have a tendency to be good at what you do. I do. I, do. I love. And maybe that's just you choose the things that you really love. And that's exactly it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I I play hockey and golf, and I'm definitely not the best at those kind of things. But these are like the most challenging things I've ever done, along with. Well, your knees wife. are made out of paper mache at this point. I yeah, know that for are. a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, you I have old, you've had old guys' knees since you were 25. Yeah. And the hairline. Uh, old guys' knees and hairline. That's my combo. That's true. It's my claim to fame. That's all right. Um, but yeah, I've been grateful, man, because I'm able to make a living doing whatever the hell I want to do. Yeah. Um, from an early age, I've told people to fuck right off if I didn't, you know, if I felt like they were being authoritative or if they were, you know, being too boss-like or making me do stuff I didn't want to do. And it was hard for me to work a nine-to-five corporate deal. And I was able to just shed that right away and just say, hey, right. I'm going with my passion, going, you know, yeah. fall on my focus. I love it. I mean, we could go back even a, a few years for us. Yeah. Uh, you were the OG. You kind of you and I and Doug yep. created the whiskey reel. We but, did. Yeah. Well, we actually, uh, we were sitting around and we would be hanging out all the time anyway, mm-hmm. drinking beers, hanging out, talking about any number of things. Yeah. There was <laughs> just a myriad of topics, substances that we and topics, substance. And, <laughs> and yeah, state of mind will alter what you're talking about typically. <laughs> um, but it wasn't your just usual, Hey, you know, what are you doing? What are the, what's the ladies looking like in your life? We were talking about metaphysics and spirituality and random deep thoughts all the time. And I was just like, dude, why don't we record some of this guys? What do you think yeah. about that? And I think we were all listening to like Joe Rogan and podcasts were kind of coming out and being popular anyway. And I was like, what, what were they doing that we can't do? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, so we brought some mics getting in. getting listeners mostly yeah. making yeah, making a few hundred million dollars sure. <laughs> getting people to actually notice that. um but for us it's a labor of love and we we just liked hanging out and i think you still do and yeah. and having conversations and topics uh or discussing topics with people strangers and friends alike um there's so many really interesting people out there it's hard not yeah. to try and delve into their mind you know yeah i have a standing appointment twice a week to hang out with yep. some of my best friends yep and no one can tell me not to do it yeah 
It's Not awesome. Woman, child, nor beast. I know. Can tell me what the fuck to do. It's when I got a podcast, I got a podcast. That's what's happening. Yeah. And to give you credit, it's the reason I dipped out is that it was so much work. And yeah. I was tar- starting to get my other businesses in line. And I'm like, these are actually making money. Maybe I should put more focus yeah, into them. For sure. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool. And uh, I don't regret a thing. I'm super stoked and glad that you're doing this and yeah, carrying I, on the torch. I still have audio out there of a lot of those old podcasts. Yeah. One of these days I'm going to go back and just kind of listen and maybe look put together a, you know, like a, clip, a clip show. Yeah, a yeah. montage of like the early days of the Whiskey Reel when yeah. you could barely understand what we were saying. And sometimes there'd be like seven people in the room and everybody's hammered. Everyone's just talking at the same time, yelling yeah. into the microphone. Oh, yeah. Just at night. Well, we had one mic back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we would record with one microphone yep. and like We'd four people. We'd all lean people. in, pull back out, have a drink of whiskey, lean back in. It was pretty intimate, I guess. Yeah. We all <laughs> held hands and it's just a big circle of love back there. Podcast well, circle of love. When we changed over and I brought on Sean and Aaron... Sean took over the lion's share of all that work and yep. editing and marketing and doing, and then we would just show up and get drunk and yep. then say, well, good luck. Hey, <laughs> Let us Sean. know when the episode's out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we did our part. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, but that's exactly the reason I started this part podcast in particular was like, I miss just sitting down with people that I care about and talking about things that we all love. And I think movies is such an easy yeah way to approach it you know what i mean yep everybody has their favorite movies everyone sure. i don't give a shit you know what i mean and i like this because it uh what movies you you watch and what books you read and what you're into is really a reflection of who you are so it's a psychology yeah. test you know it's a good way to yeah it's a good way to get to know people through yep. a medium that we all share sure yeah so that's why i started it yeah well bless your heart man oh, well, i love thanks, it man. i love what you got going on well speaking of which Hans Hollenbeck. I'm on the chopping block. Question the first. What is the first film that you remember seeing? Either at home, blah, blah, blah. The one that sticks out. I mean, I, I think that I watched movies at home before this, but my first cinematic experience was Three Amigos. Oh, really? When it first came out in the theaters. And okay. Went, yeah, that would add up. Yeah. Yeah. That checks out with your age. And I was super young, but I definitively remember sitting in the theater and kind of just laughing and being enthralled by this huge screen and light and eating popcorn and it's the same experience I love to this very day, you know? That is such a preposterously silly idea that they came up with. And, and it worked. And it, it worked. It I guess gold. it works because the screenplay was strong, but also the three actors together. Yeah. yeah. I I don't even know what to say about those guys. Like, there's a chemistry there that was kind of transcendent. Yeah, there really was. Because uh, there was four of us. So our moms, I had uh, a brother, and my our mother had a best friend who had two sons as well. So there was four sons that were all kind of in the same age, and we watched this movie, and then we would go in the backyard and like role play we would oh yeah i'd be like i want to be dusty bottoms and the other guy wanted to be ned nidlander and you know i can't even remember lucky day lucky day yeah other, lucky day other guy 
<laughs> so there was always an odd man out. You know, usually it was my brother who was the youngest, or Jordan, the other younger brother, and they would have to play El Guapo, the bad guy, and we'd just go kick his ass basically and yeah, run absolutely, shoot, you know, shoot at him around the house and stuff. But yeah. it just shows the power of movies because even as a young age, you know, it's influencing us to kind of transcend our own lives and oh, want yeah. to be something else and you know oh yeah twirling guns around in the backyard solely f- as a reference to that movie right you know? absolutely and it's a great kids movie in a way i mean there's there's a couple of little dirty jokes to it but nothing totally for over the most part heads. it's just silly yeah. yep. it was just plain old silly super silly smart when it needed to be smart but yep. it's just such a goofed off fun fucking movie man yep. i i love the three me i could watch I that too. anytime it comes still on. holds water yeah i, I mean yeah. well it's timeless it is timeless. You know what I mean? There's no pop culture references in it to speak of. You no. know, it's it's a period piece in its own way. Yep. And um, all the jokes are just really super timeless and funny. It's back when Chevy Chase was funny. He was actually good. He yeah. was great in that movie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess he was always funny, but he was just apparently just a horrible person. And and that's what I've heard. I've always liked Steve Martin and Martin Short can go to hell, in my opinion. I've never liked him. Really? I've never been a fan. Why? Why is that, do you think? That's the only movie I think that he ever did that was worth a shit. No shit. Um, That's fascinating. I I would have taken you for a Martin Short guy. Really? I think he's a really funny dude. I don't. I think he tries too hard. There's something conceited. He's more theatrical than a lot of comedy actors out there. I mean, Um, the... the fat guy bit. Where oh, the was, like, Jimmy, Jimmy Glick or whatever. Like, that's right. Yeah, I never really particularly loved that character. I wasn't like um, getting belly laughs from that. Spot. He actually plays a really good straight guy in some stuff, which is kind of interesting. So he'll yeah. be goofy and fucked off, but he's actually like Captain Ron. Oh, yeah, he was okay in that. That's one of my favorite fucking yeah, yeah, comedies. Yeah, that was a great and, movie. And like, he is just so goddamn funny in that movie, but he's sort of the foil, the straight guy or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And That's I'm crazy. I'm like researching in my brain, and I can't think of any movie that he's been in that I even give credit to so see he does some of the finest physical comedy i think that's ever been put really? on screen in um inner space which is a joe dante movie with um what's her name meg uh the meg blonde ryan. One. meg yeah meg ryan mm-hmm. um she's fucking amazing in that that too. was a great movie dennis too. quaid's was great cool. in that movie yep. great effects and but those are back in the days when the story was so good in most of these movies you know the screenplays right. were solid oh yeah you didn't have to have cgi that's holding it up you could rely on the story. And yet it did. The special did. effects in that movie are actually it was cool. kind of impressive. Even yeah. watching it now, you're like, holy shit, this yeah. is pretty cool. Like and that. there's a lot of these movies, like Three Amigos, I'm surprised that they haven't remade and haven't exploited. God, I hope they don't. I hope they don't. Please don't touch it. It'll be like Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill and yeah, Seth Rogen. It'll you know be, what I mean? Then it's going to just suck. And they're going to just blow it to hell. And lots of suck. bros. Hey, bro. Bro. Yeah. I'm an amigo, bro. It's not going to be a musical piece, comedy piece like the Three Amigos made yeah. it. Just that a lot was so of good. gross out humor and pussy jokes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Three bros. Yeah. Someone will show their dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that, that always makes everyone giggle yeah. when a dick appears on screen. You know, they'll get a couple of lines in the National Enquirer about how edgy it was. Oh, so edgy. It's an edgier take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really redid Three Amigos. <laughs> it's a, it to it's a Three Amigos for the modern era. <laughs> yeah. 
for today's millennial. Well, cheers, man. We're drinking some ranch waters. I, ranch water, which I've never tried before. I had to bring them out. Um, they're good. I love them. Yeah, they're I, I, unique. I, like yeah, you, they don't taste like a, they're agave-based seltzers. And uh, they sure are. I feel you shitty even taste. saying that sentence, but honestly, this is pretty tasty. We, Only ninety calories. See, for those of us not watching our figures. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hans Hollenbeck, I love that answer. I Thank award you. You, I award you five points. Uh, Question the second. What is the movie that scared you the most? And first of all, are you like, I, you and I have watched some scary movies together, but yep. I don't know if you're a horror movie guy. I am. Okay. I like, you know, when I, when I was younger, I was scared easier. Um, now sure. I can, now I of can course. watch the most gruesome, gory slasher film and not really wink, you know? Well, you deal with real life every day. Right. Now. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the scary part. Yeah. Just watch politics. That's scarier than any horror movie oh, I can God. see. Oh, God. I know. Um, the scariest movie, there's one that comes to mind, and, well, there's two. Okay. And they're scary in different We'll ways. work it out. Yeah. Event Horizon was a movie oh. that, that psychologically mm-hmm. affected me. Okay. And there great, was great some start. things in that um, that horrified me when I when I delved mm-hmm. into the the depth of it. Okay. Like hell being an eternity. Yeah. You know where this is on repeat. Uh-huh. This torture and this gotcha. depravity is going to be never released. It's always going to be constant forever and ever and ever. Yeah. And that kind of idea just warped yeah. me especially as like a 12 year old because i was about to say you were had to be a young man yeah. when you saw that and i was young enough to figure it all to know what was happening yeah. but not like old enough to dismiss it as a movie or young enough to let it go over my head right i was right in that window of yeah. like this is really gonna fuck me up yeah and it did yeah, and it's a scary movie. It was a scary movie. Sam Neill's such a great actor too, and he was. He pulls that off. He's been yeah. in a couple of my favorite horror movies, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, these are back in the day. I think if you watch it now, it's probably not gonna. It's be a little the same. CGI dependent in yep. some spots. Yep. And I, I have a feeling those probably don't hold up as well. Right. But some of the visuals are pretty, pretty fucking troubling. Yeah. <laughs> There's some scary shit. And in it there. was just a troubling movie. You uh-huh. know. Yeah. Um, I love that answer. And psychologically that's one of the that's the movie that i think of okay. when i think of just a movie that sticks that stains you, you yeah know? yeah it, you can't wash it off um and then texas chainsaw massacre there's a couple of those that like the original like the old the original yeah. old and even a couple of the remakes um are okay but like yeah where, where i it's a different kind of horror because the original, well, the the whole essence of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is that, like, it is probable that it could be happening right now. Like, right. you could walk into some screwed up person's house no. and get locked in their basement. I mean, it is based on a real killer. Right, it is. It's right? based on like, true story. or something yeah, like that. It was Ed like that. Gein. Ed Gaines. Ed yeah. Gain or Gain. whatever, yeah. But yeah. he was like a Midwestern guy that turned ladies into lamps. And, and yep. Yeah, he was. And he was off. I mean, Silence of the Lambs is one of those where. Also based on the same character. Yep. Or human. Yeah. <laughs> the same man. And I would have to say that's probably tied for um, Event Horizon and the original Texas Chainsaw of just yeah. being a real 
scary kind of a deal and something that could happen to any of us. I saw an interview with Toby Hooper talking about Texas Chainsaw and how he kind of came up with the idea. And he said that he was um, standing in line at a Sears and they had a, you know, they have like the displays and stuff up front. Yeah. And it was this display of chainsaws. And he was like, I'm standing in line and I'm just crushed in. All these people are around me. It's during the holidays and I'm just like surrounded by people. And he's like, I don't know. I need to, I feel like I need to get out of here. And he, he's like, I had this thought. I looked over and I saw these chainsaws and I was like, I know how I could get out of here. <laughs> Cut his way yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So I always thought that was kind of a cool anecdote. Yeah. Probably bullshit, but it was, I thought it was kind of a cool story about that. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw is about the, it's an onslaught. Like, You've got that first 15 minutes where you're trying to figure out exactly what's going on. And normally horror movies have this tendency to kind of slow burn and slowly um, introduce elements of what's about to happen to you. Yep. In Texas Chainsaw, what was so horrifying about it is the guy walks into the hallway, the door slams open, there's fucking Leatherface, smash in the head with a hammer, drags him away, shuts the door, and you're like, what What the the fuck just happened? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there was no like leading up to that moment no the moment just happens and then it never stops yep it's just terrifying and and you talk about psychological horror the dinner scene where they're making her like like the old man try to hit her in the head with the hammer and all that shit it's just i i mean i grew up in kind of a rural community and where did you grow up in ridgeway oh that's right but there was i mean and i'm not gonna denounced Ridgeway because it was an amazing place to grow up and there's really a lot of amazing people sophisticated people intelligent people but then you have the flip side of the coin of (laughs) is my neighbor inbred I don't know you know (laughs) Um, and there was some interesting characters that I met back then Uh especially out in the middle of nowhere and a single wide that they're wearing overalls and they got is that blood on their overalls or grease or is that transmission oil are you sure whatever i don't think transmission oil is that color there's definitely fluids (laughs) on on their clothes that uh, look weird yeah and so it you know you your mind starts to wander once you start you add these elements of movies that you've seen in and you're out in the middle of nowhere or something in and you're bucking hay bales for a side job when you're 15 years old for a guy right and he seems pretty creepy you know <laughs> he's a character yeah so I i'm mean, betting there's a well on his property there is yeah, yeah. and like weird sheds that are off <laughs> kind of locked up you're like is someone being held captive right <laughs> <laughs> muffled screams yeah yeah was that a, was that a lamb yeah um <laughs> okay i think I think out of fairness, I'm going to make this call for you. And I think we're going to go with Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. I think Texas Chainsaw, first of all, I want to mark it off the list. I want to be able to say that someone has had this answer. And now I'm going to tell everyone, no more Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. We're going to set a precedent. And it's kind of a generic answer. It's not a generic answer at all, by the way. I I I don't see it that way. I think if if you're going to interview a lot more people on this show, they're... There's going to be some Texas Chainsaw. I'm going to strongly discourage that answer going yeah, forward. Yeah, you should. You know what I mean. I'm kind of compiling a little list. But I I have to say, I did say Silence of the Lambs. I mentioned Ooh, it. Yikes. That that scene when 
she's in complete darkness and he's got the night vision goggles Terrifying. on at the very end. Maybe the most terrifying scene in all of cinema. And yeah. and Silence of the Lambs actually has a couple scenes that are absolutely gripping and terrifying. But it's more it felt yeah. more of a fiction movie to me, you know. It, I th- I think that movie is one of the few perfect movies yep. that I've ever seen. In I my agree. you know what I mean? I agree. I think it's picture perfect. I agree. It accomplished everything that it set out to accomplish and it's, obviously created such a horror icon, you know, with, with Hannibal Lecter. Yep. You know, I mean, obviously it's an adaptation from a book, but it's so much better than the book. In and my opinion. I was about to say that there's very few instances where the book is outdone with by the movie, and that is one of them. A definitively, one that's of a good. Them. An- yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent I, I think love, Jodie Foster is kind of the reason for that. And I love Thomas Harris. He was a great writer. Oh, I've read most the, of his stuff. Yep, mm-hmm. and hard to beat that. But like to make that movie, all these elements just came and yeah. fit into place. I don't. I mean, it's a masterpiece by far. Um, but as a generalized scary thing that affected me, I was a little older when I saw Silence of the Lambs. Sure. And I look at it now, even even now, I look at it not as a horror movie, but mm-hmm. as a, like you say, like a masterpiece. It's a piece of art. It it's is. It's dark. 100%. And there's instances of pure horror and, and absolutely eerie, unsettling scenes. Yeah. But overall, I look at it as just this kind of elevated cinematic experience well if it if nothing it changed our viewpoint on vans (laughs) (laughs) don't ever help anybody with a van i rarely help anyone in a cast (laughs) that needs help moving a a couch into his van i think i'm all set bud you should call triple a homie (laughs) i can make some calls for you yeah Yeah. you know here's some money Uh, walk away can I borrow your phone? Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> kick it over to you. Yeah. Yeah, stay 20 feet away. I'll help you from over here any way I can. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right, Hans Hollenbeck. Question the third. I, this is one of my favorites because so many people love bad movies. Yeah. What so-called bad movie do you absolutely love? Something that's not critically or even necessarily loved by people, but you think it's fucking great. Well, we were... We touched on this earlier. We were having a beer earlier. I love Vanilla Sky. And every time I recommend that movie to people or they haven't seen it or people discuss it with me, I get negative feedback on that movie. Okay. From practically everybody. Sure. I know that um, it didn't do well, like, critically. Right. Um. But I think it's maybe the best Tom Cruise movie that there is. I mean, that's bold. That's a huge statement. That's bold. That's huge. Um, but just all in Weird all. setting precedents. Yeah. I just... I, I, I have mixed reviews on that movie. Yeah. Um, I understand exactly why people love it um, and and exactly why hate people it. fucking hate it. Yep. Um, it's one of my favorite directors. Cameron Crowe is Cameron Crow. an amazing filmmaker in my opinion. Yep. Um, obviously Tom Cruise is revered on this podcast and I won't take any other answer besides that. Um, there's something about, so I'm going to be, ex- this- and, and just to pin pinpoint something, I expected you to hate Tom Cruise for some reason. Oh I no. I thought you'd be critical of him. No, not at all. I know. No, not at well, all. That's what you were saying earlier. No, I think he's a straight up G. Yeah, he is. 
I hate to be the hipster guy that brings this up, but it's a remake of a Spanish film. It is. Called Abra Abra Los Ojos. Ojos. And Penelope Cruz actually plays the exact same character in In both both films, which is interesting. Yeah. But that movie, oh, oh, and oddly enough, Eduardo Noriega that plays the main character was long time considered to be the Spanish Tom Cruise. Right. Which is, I was kind of found weird and interesting also. That movie is so European in its framing and and the it's it's screenplay it's pacing and i wonder if it's just a, it's just like a really cool story that maybe didn't translate for people very well to to take that because i mean it's a very similar movie to the original right. and the original is revered people right. love that movie yeah you know so i don't know maybe there's just a lack of translation there the voice didn't translate somehow is what i'm trying to say i guess well i, I, I think the it's the American culture. I think that Europeans in general are a smarter breed than most Americans are. Well, and it's a it's I a don't cerebral sp- movie. Yeah, smarter might be a stretch, but Europeans have a broader view of stuff. They're like they're more accepting of okay something that's maybe challenging, yeah, yeah. and different. Um, I mean, we have a lot of smart people here, but they're also like, yeah, but I love Anchorman, and I'm yeah, like, okay, I get right. it. I see where you're coming from. Yeah, but. I don't know if I call you. Honey Boo Boo was a hit show for a long time. And <laughs> oh, no, don't that, get me wrong. Would that work in Europe? There I don't are, know. 35% of this country <laughs> is 100% dipshit. <laughs> yeah. No doubt about it. And there's a lot of cinematic curtailing to that. People really want to target oh, that 100%. audience. I agree with you 100%. And they're making trash. And in in a lot of the music on in, that we hear in pop music and stuff like that is... A hundred percent targeted to people that aren't using their brain. Oh yeah, no, I don't disagree at all. I mean, it's all made by computer algorithm and Ugh. just pumped into your ears, and right. then it's um, dopamine receptors that fire when you hear certain things. Sure. In certain cadences, and these computers have figured out the algorithms, and, and they're like, "There you go, yep. Taylor Swift song." Yep. You love it, and you're like, "I do kind of love it." <laughs> well, but why do I love it? It's that TikTok algorithm that's actually the dumber things are getting more responses yes. in American TikTok. You know, it was originally in an Asian oh, yeah. thing and the more intelligent TikTok videos would get more publicity, but in America the dumber kind yeah. of cat playing the piano TikTok uh-huh. videos are gonna blow Man up. farts in car. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, People and, will watch that shit. And I look at 30 all thirty million times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's and I look at this and I'm like, is this dumbing down our, our nation and society? Is this going to be the downfall of everything? Because we're reaching out to be dumber. Like we're we're striving to yeah. lessen ourselves. And oh, that, I mean, and that hurts me. hundred percent. I mean, we've gone away from being a fact based world. That's clear. We don't. Sure. Yeah. If you pre- if you present someone with a set of facts they will point fingers at the people that created the facts. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm like, people don't create facts. They yep. present facts. Right. Because they're facts. <laughs> you're like, this it's is, the truth. This you is not alter subjective. Yeah. <laughs> this is it's a thing objective. that happened. Yeah. <laughs> and people will still look you dead in your face and, you know, don't believe your lying eyes. Yep. You know what I mean? And then to, to compensate for all of that, like, dissonance, they they'll create conspiracy theories because that's how you connect the dots from something you know you don't quite believe so you create another entity 
that's making it happen. You can blame on the other entity. Yeah, Yeah, like there's some third force involved that's, oh, QAnon, are you kidding me? We know Q's out there. How else can you explain all this shit? Maybe because it's not actually happening. And yep. you, you just need to believe it because it fortifies your world belief. I don't, and you know you don't believe it either. <laughs> and there, it's true that there is no such thing as bad publicity. You know, Donald Trump should make an, a sex video right now and release it, and he'd get re- reelected. Oh, you know, that would be his, a key. Yeah. He had a bad night last night. I don't. Uh, as we're recording, let's not this. even get into this. No, we're but, not going to get into that. But uh, he did have a bad night. He's the, a little pissy pants today. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> because Dr. Oz didn't win an election. Oh, I'm no. like, what world do we live in where that's even I know. a fucking consideration How is anyways? this the narrative now? Yeah. Why are we trying to elect Dr. Oz? Yeah. <sighs> Yikes. It's a publicity contest. It's all like this. And hopefully the beautiful industry of cinema isn't totally botched from all this hopefully you and i can still enjoy a good sophisticated movie moving forward yeah it's harder it's harder in a way right it's harder to see it at cinema you i think there's more beautiful film happening now than ever before i think so too i just think that you know people have come out against marvel movies and like martin scorsese famously came out and said that that's not cinema you know, which oh, I have beef with that statement. I mean, I can go I, he, he comes off a little like, get off my lawn, yeah. you know, yelling at the clouds kind of old man. Right. Yeah, yeah. I understand what he's saying and why he's saying it. You know yeah. what I mean? But I also think it's it's sort of narrow minded on his part to think. I mean, there are a million ways to get your movie out on different mediums. Yep. And more now than ever, you yep. can get something watched. There's so many fucking ways to get goddamn content out there sure you know what i mean it's the most democratic time and ever in our history probably to get content now to get it in a movie theater you're right that 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 experience has changed yep you know what i mean but that stuff goes up and down marvel's gonna shit the bed pretty soon and then nobody will want to watch marvel movies anymore yeah it's hard not it's hard for marvel to shit the bed because they're using all this great content that stan lee you are made for decades yeah. so that they have this reservoir of well, good material. And I guess when I say shit the bed, I would say that it's eventually going to be overexposed and interest is going to wane. Yeah. It has to. I mean, we're right. just flood. I mean, there's a fucking Marvel movie opening up Friday. You Wakanda know what I mean? Forever, Wakanda bro. forever, baby. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm excited about. I'm going to go see it, but I don't know. I mean, I'm like you, I, I like it for what they're worth, but I'm not blown away like I was with Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. When, uh, when there's a story that's so hard hitting and so rich, and then you can add the perfect cast and these perfect elements, you know, cinematically um, to structure this thing to just be an all around mindfuck. Yeah. That's that's what you're going for. I mean, my favorite movies tend to be like the movies I really bring up as my favorite films are always like Reversal of Fortune or Quiz Show. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. like these smaller, more thoughtful. You know, I love Not a river runs through it. CGI. I love, you yeah. Know, I mean, I watch those movies more than yep. I'll rewatch Winter Soldier. Sure. You know what I mean? So will I. I love those big event moments, but sure. the movies I really love are smaller productions, definitely. Yep. But by very, in, you know, incredible artists. Yeah. All right, Hansi. 
This is a tough question. I think people struggle with this one the most. Question the fourth. What movie character do you best identify with? And this one, I would imagine people struggle with the most. Yes. It's a tough. It is tough. Well, okay. So it's tough on two levels. It's tough to come up. You have to like actually just go through this volume of information that you have. Yeah. And think of about a character. Then you have to gauge how are people going to react when I compare myself to I know. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Snatch. Yeah. I really identify with that character. <laughs> well, that's not my answer. So you're gauging the reaction too, you know what I mean? Um it it's an interesting thing to think about. And yeah. I've never had to think about that. I've definitely thought about what's my favorite movie, what's right. an early influence. Um but this one I had to I had to think about. Okay. Because typically I don't watch a movie. I watch a movie to escape myself, my own life. So I want these enigmatic characters. I want these people that are way different than me, you know, that okay. I'm interested in because they're not like me. Right. Um, but my answer to this is I came up with John Cusack in Gross Point Blank. <sighs> and I love I loved the movie. I've been dying to talk about this movie. And no one's brought it up yet. It's a, it's a great movie. And I dare anyone to kind of make an offbeat comedy better than this movie. So, um, okay. Why? Because that's a complicated character. Right. What do you identify with with Martin Not Blaine? because I'm like a hidden hitman, an assassin or anything. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's... It's because he's a deeper character than most give him credit for. He's kind of dismissed. You know, he tells people, yeah, I'm a hitman. And they are like, whatever. Yeah. yeah they don't even by him. Yep. They don't even think. What does the dad real. say? What he's like, uh, contract killer. He's yeah, like, right. oh, good. It's a uh, yeah. growth industry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a fucking great movie. Um, God damn it. It's a great movie. So he's kind of living two lives. He's trying to be, you know. He's trying to acknowledge his past and and kind of recoup with these people that he's left, you know, dry in the past, I guess. You know, his high school was a disaster and he fucked a lot of people over and he's trying to make amends for yep. that yep. and kind of growing, you know, he's growing as a character. And you see that in the movie of like, yeah, he was just kind of this awkward kid in high school and you know, he left this girl, you know, on the doorstep or whatever, yep. on prom night or whatever. He didn't show up or something. I can't remember exactly what happened, but. Um, yeah, he didn't show up. He, he did not show up for prom night. Yeah. And then and he she, disappeared, and disappeared and joined the army. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, where the hell you been for 15 years? Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's part partially me. Um, a lot of people, especially in Durango, think of me as like, this bartender party guy party guy um and i i definitely lived that identity for a long time um but it's taken me a while to grow out of it i didn't i don't want to be there anymore i i love having a drink with my friends but you're not going to catch me at the ranch at one in the morning anymore ever ever again probably and i just i like what i do now as an intellectual form as a more of like a ego form back in the day. Yeah. And so I kind of, and my life I feel is a quirky romance comedy now. So it's kind of, I do not disagree. (laughs) No, I mean, I I could see the, some similarities in your your arc. Yeah. You know, Martin Blank is such a fucking crazy cool character. Yeah. He is cool. 
One of my favorite things about that movie, and I'll see if you agree with me on this point. First of all, I want to write a book about that movie. I think that movie is fucking perfect. I think it's genius, too. It's one of the funniest fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. It's one of the most well-acted, well-thought-out. The action scenes are fucking great. The comedy is amazing. The romance is fucking hilarious. Chemistry between he and me at Mini Driver, off the charts. The dialogue is so fucking good. It's superb. But it came out in the Tarantino era... And it is not Tarantino dialogue. It's it's one of the few movies that came out around that time that wasn't trying to be Tarantino like, like. ape yeah. Pulp Fiction or, yeah. or Reservoir Dogs. It has its own style, it has its own um meter and yeah. patois to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like the conversations between Martin Blank and Dan Aykroyd's character. Yeah, Aykroyd is so good in that too. Oh fuck oh, you man. guys. He's yeah. fucking amazing Love in that it. movie. <laughs> Love it. Um Hank Azaria. Is Hank Azari is in, in that. I a smaller about role, but he's yeah. fucking great in it. Oh, yeah. I, I how genius is, a... is that guy? Holy shit! And The Simpsons on its own level is just such a. Uh, I mean, it's a mind blow. I watched the first episode of Brockmire <laughs> over and over and over again. I've never seen that because the first fifteen minutes is the funniest thing I've ever seen. The first oh. scene of Brockmire, like like I won't spoil it. In fact, I'll play it for you later before okay. before we leave. But um, he just, he's this baseball announcer, like an old school, alone in the fucking booth, just calling baseball games. That's right. what he does. Yeah. He's Brockmeyer. And um, he gives this, he gets drunk because he just found his wife cheating on him. And he tells the whole story or whatever. Oh. And so he's in the booth just, I mean, pounding Sazerac Rye. <laughs> it is one of the fucking most painful, funny scenes. Like, it, yeah, we'll play it later. It is okay. so fucking good. I love Hank Azaria. But I think that's a fabulous answer. I love, I've been dying to talk about Gross Point Blake. And, yeah, that's, like, I like to really, I'm looking for movies here that are underlying gems. They're not going to yeah. be, you know. Vanilla Sky is kind of a mainstream movie. And I mean, gross point blank is too, but my character underrated. that I related with on my podcast was actually a, a John Cusack character as well. Oh, really? <laughs> from what movie? Uh, Rob Gordon from High Fidelity. Oh, yeah. Which makes a, That's a shit yeah. ton of sense yeah. <laughs> when you think. Unfortunately, you are kind of an encyclopedia of pop culture. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Whereas he is and just for music. horrible with relationships. Just so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all kind of this humorous entertainment to you. Yeah, at the same of time, you can look back and analyze it in, in your own particular way. I like that. All right, Hans. Question the fifth. I know for a fact that you and I have cried at the same time. I know we've shared a tear or two. We have. I know we have. Yeah. What movie makes you cry or do they not make you cry? I'm not a big cry. Do you love crying? No, I'm just, <laughs> I, I love crying. <laughs> I'll tell you, I cry more often from joy than sadness. I love that. Which is, okay. Which is, I wish on most people, on everyone. Yeah, um, absolutely. I hold sadness in. I don't express sadness. Oh, it's, well, that's not good. Yeah, it's not good. But I'm not a sad person. I don't have a lot of no. sadness in my life either. Sure. Um, so when it comes around, I, I, I'm grateful that I've never had any like close person to me die or anything like Yeah. I haven't had any grief that I've had to go over necessarily. Obviously, sure. I've known people that have died and mm-hmm. their, their friends and stuff. Yeah, but we've had not mutual like, friends pass yeah. away. And-, and, and it's tough, but it's not like someone ripped my heart out from their absence. And... 
it probably will happen at some point or I'll die first. But, yeah, yeah. you know, we're get, we're all getting older. We have relationships. Uh, the most fulfilling part of life, in my opinion, is relationships. And you cultivate these things and they're going to end one way or the other at some point. That's the sad reality. Um, so there's impending sadness in my life, I guess. Sure. But. I have to say that so far in my life, I've cried more often and deeply from joy, from things that have like nice. really touched me. Um, there's Benjamin Button at the end Ooh. of that movie. It crushes me, man. I don't know what it does. It's the tempo of the movie. Um, and I've gotten a lot more into film. I'm a photographer and I've really learned how to do video and film and you know editing and to really dissect a film now is different than when it was as you know long ago when when I was just watching as an entertainment you know as a customer yeah. now I feel more aligned to the process and seeing how the, these things are created and the cuts and the tempo and how a movie is, is structured. It is, is more meaningful to me. So I can, I go back and I look at all these great movies all the time and I look at them more of a, from a view of like a director or, you know, an editor yeah. and like, wow, that's a three second cut that just could be mind blowing. Right. Um, and at the end of Benjamin Button, I think it's just an absolutely superb movie. Uh, you know, now he's in the body of a young kid. Right. And this woman who's loved him is still trying to take care of him. And she's watching him. He's essentially an old man. He's, you know, dysfunctional and got dementia and doesn't know who he is, doesn't know where he is. Um, he's playing piano and there's these parts that are still that he can still remember being very vivid for him and she's trying to help him out and take care of him and that kind of dragging in and and morphing into the very final scene of like all his friends and all these important people that he's met in his life right and you know he's saying like some people dance and some people sing and he's showing all these, it's a montage of all these people that have touched, you know, upon him. Yep. And then it, it just shows the clock kind of being washed away by water and the, the dissolve dissolving of his own time kind of. Right. How I right. See it. Yep. And it's such a, huge mark of importance to me on like what life really is because there's going to be a part in all of our lives where we kind of know it's the end hopefully hopefully we have this you know conscious feeling at the end when we can um have some remembrance of all the people that really loved us and you want to see it coming i want to Okay. I, I don't want to just be knocked out with a sledgehammer and, and go black. Okay. I want to have this vivid kind of feeling of like, this is the end. Huh. And have someone hopefully I there. literally want to be hit with a sledgehammer and go black. <laughs> and I don't want to be in pain, of course. <laughs> no, no, of course. But um, I wouldn't mind having a few moments at the end to say, yeah. wow, this is really gripping. This is a powerful moment in my life. This is the end. 
yeah. of all that I know. Right. And these are the people that have really helped me and inspired me and no, loved me that. and shown me how to be me and guided me that's and interesting. learned from me. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, man. And I think they really encapsulated that very well in the last right. five minutes of Benjamin. Button. I can deal with that if I have a morphine button. Yeah. <laughs> but then you, but then you're going to be a little lackadaisical consciously. Oh no, I'm going to go night, night forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think I want to feel it. I want to feel yeah. every, every sure. poignant moment of that. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I think that that's what they tried to gain from that movie there. That's kind of sweet. Yeah, it is. And it, it brings out the waterworks in me, man. You know, strange film for David Fincher. It was a strange film. Such and, a and Fincher is one of my favorite amazing directors. Filmmaker. Yeah, uh, he's so weird. There's a lot of movies that don't actually get the credit they deserve. Yeah, um, Zodiac's probably my yeah. prime example. I think. Yeah. Because it wasn't Seven. Right. You know what I mean. Seven's all time one yeah. of my favorites. Then people and they're kind dark. Of dismissed it a little Even bit. Even Panic maybe. Room, I thought was amazing. That's a good movie. Great, yeah. great movie from him too. But yeah, um, Benjamin. Jared Button. Leto in that. Yeah, he was great. Just chewing up the scenery, being all Jared Leto. <laughs> he is Just Leto. Going full Leto. Leto. <laughs> the jury's still out on Leto. I think. I think I've made my mind. You're not a Leto fan. Nah, I can see it in your face. Uh, I like some of his stuff. Yeah, that's uh, how I am. He was really amazing in Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, he. I liked him in that Blade Runner sequel. I thought he was really good in that yep. character. Um, he has some stuff where I'm like, bro, really? I, yeah. Him being the Joker, I, I thought. Give him me that Joker. and give me a match. I want to burn this shit to the ground. It's yeah. trash. That was awful. And I'm not a huge fan of the Walking Phoenix Joker, but it's. It's a unique take. At least yeah, I get yeah, that. Exactly. You know, um, hard to beat Ledger or Nicholson as the Joker. Yeah. And the Joker is just a diabolical maniac anyway. No. Um, but I like that Joaquin Phoenix of the psychology of how he maybe got all fucked up. So yeah, Leto's this guy, man. I don't know why we're talking about Jared Leto. Yeah. But, but he's this guy that. You can watch him act, which that drives me nuts. And I, do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, I'm watching you act. Yeah. Like, there's moments when I watch Brad Pitt, who I love. I think Brad Pitt's a really way better actor than he gets credit for sometimes. I do, too. Although now he's an Academy Award winner. But there's moments where I'm like, oh, I'm watching you act. I can see you doing this yep. on purpose. And yep. you watch someone like, um, oh, God, I mean, even going back to old De Niro or... Uh, you just you're not They're watching never an actor you know you're you like watch godfather too you're just watching yeah. like he's that guy yep and they're so good they remove the acting part you yeah. never you're immersed in the experience you're yeah. not like oh i'm watching a movie right now yeah. there's moments with jared leto where i'm just like that's very actory i can yeah. see it i can yep. see you doing this yeah you're going through the motions yeah. right now yeah yep. you plan this so hard yeah <laughs> Which you should plan. <laughs> I know. I guess you should. Move. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, yeah. So I have to. Ask. By the way, I didn't tell you this, but I don't. I don't write these fucking questions. So these were given to me. They're from God. You're by the, You're just a vessel. I get. I it. think it's one question per apostle. Yeah. Is sure. the way he That's tried fair. to explain it to me. That's fair. But I doubt they wrote these either because they didn't write anything. Um, question the seventh. What film do you find to be the sexiest film? Also a tough. It is tough question. The it's, other it's ones are kind of easy. Revealing. Aha. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I, I like what you did there. Yeah. You have to define sexy first. Okay. And to me, sexy isn't just some chick in a 
bikini mm-hmm. that looks hot, although that can be sexy too, but that's surface sexy. I like sexy that's um, not trying to be sexy, right. you know? Yep. I'm going to say Terrence Malick in general as a director yeah. is a sexy director. Yes. He's not relying on dialogue and plot. He's relying on visual. Okay. And this kind of all-encompassing wide screen look, mm-hmm. natural light. Lots of wind blowing through. wind. Uh, wheat fields yep. and, yeah. Longer yeah. takes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 12-second yeah. shots. Yeah. It's a visual-encompassing media that he creates. It's not, you're cut and dry, cut here, cut here, cut yeah, here. No. He's going to let it linger. Mm-hmm. A lot of scenes like in uh, Nine of Cups and um, Tree of Life where it's just like the girl kind of silhouetted with like her hair blowing. Yeah, I know exactly and, what you're talking about. You know, when I think of sexy moments in my own life, um, it, it feels like a very Terrence Malicky memory. Oh, OK. You know? Yeah. Um, I I give the... I've dated a lot of toxic women, but there's a lot of instances where there's beautiful (laughs) moments, you know, and uh, they're moving slow and it's this very kind of thoughtful presence of them, you know, they're not trying to be any certain way. Yeah. They're just being them and they're caught in this beautiful moment, you know, and sexiness doesn't need to be words. It's it's more. Uh, He's not big on dialogue. Yeah. He's there's hardly any dialogue yeah. in most of his movies. Yeah. I mean, I like that. And I wanted to just say that in general, when I think of sexiness, I would I would want Terrence Malick to shoot sexiness. Sure. Um, however, know. like, I don't really consider any of his movies, like, sexy, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? No, that does make sense. I'm not going to... Because they're not. He, he's not that kind of filmmaker. Yeah. But he's, he is definitely putting art on the screen. Right. And art is sexy. It's the sexiest form of entertainment to me. It's like like his storyboards are individual paintings. Correct. That's exactly right. That's a great way of saying it. Yeah, he's he's a very interesting filmmaker, 100%. When you can make landscapes and sunsets and rays of light coming through branches of trees... You know, a powerful thing. That's sexy, man. Yeah. You know, that's sexy. And yeah, it, there's a filmmaker that more recent. I don't. Did you see the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Bob Ford? I did, and, and I Andrew, never liked that movie. I never he, really liked it. Andrew Dominic is definitely in my. I I would love to have a conversation with him. Just as, how many Terrence Malick movies have you seen? Right. Because there are moments in that movie that are just so Malicky. Yeah. Mean, yeah. I'll have to relook at that. I mean, I, he's like the guy that created like the hand yeah, brick, going through the water, going through the water, or yeah. going through uh, plants. Like if you're yeah. walking, you know, the the gladiator thing, where he where you just see his hand going oh, through yeah, the yeah. plants, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think I think Malik kind of created that. Aesthetic. I think so too. Yeah, and I think a lot of directors do try and kind of incorporate Malik. Well, yeah, I mean, if you've gone to film school, you're gonna watch Malik. You're gonna films. watch him. Yeah, of course. But just that essence of Malik is sexy. So overall, I would say sexy would be Terrence Malik. Okay. But if I'm going to pinpoint mm-hmm. movies, and again, I don't like, I'm not going to be a romantic kind of sexy. You know, mm-hmm. I want edge to it. Um, and I thought of U-Turn and Je- Jennifer Lawrence. In that, or Jennifer Lopez. She in that is movie. sexy in that movie. And... 
how it's kind of a frightening sexy because yeah. he's she's irresistible he can't say no to this oh girl. you will you will get killed over that woman yep. that's how they and present he, her and he kind of yeah. knows that it's gonna be this is bad and i can't say no i yeah. can't say no yeah and he's even got his hand all bandaged up and he's fucked up from it and like he's still yeah. like you know what i'm gonna go back i'm gonna give it one more shot Try i gotta go back for her yeah yeah it's hard to say no. She's in his veins. Um, you know, and... I'm cool with that answer. I like that's yeah. a great answer. I think Eyes Wide Shut, touching back on um, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise, but the... Just the sexiness that's kind of intermixed with the darkness and the mystery is why I like that and why I have that on my list. The funny thing about that film, and, and then we'll move on, is the world is the sexy part. Right. The world that he falls into right. is kind of the sexy part because there is a coldness between he and his wife yeah. in that movie. They couldn't be less sexy as a couple. Right. You know what I mean? Well, there is a scene where they're at the very beginning where Nicole's... yeah naked and it's all sexy but then it kind of folds away oh, from that then they start talking and yes. you're like oh my god like yeah. this these people don't even like each other yeah <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. What i mean yeah it's it's an interesting and it, I, I don't even know how i feel about that movie honestly i still don't but there is a sexiness to it and yeah. Oh, yeah. you know when he goes Fuck in yeah. and everyone's in cloaks and then there's the girls that are topless right and he loves it but he's scared to death and you can feel the suspense mm-hmm. um the mystery of that is what really makes things sexy right. for me. You know, there is sexy can be both known and unknown. Like, you know, when you're first dating someone, for instance, they can be really sexy because there's a lot of things you don't know, but right. you want to know. You're intrigued. You want to go further. And then there's also sexiness that I, I have with my wife, who I know every corner of her body, but it's still amazing. It's still yeah. an amazing treat. You right. know, it's like there's different ways of looking at sexiness, you know? Yeah. And they can be contradictory. Contradictory. Con- contradictory. Thank you. <laughs> I know that word. I, no, I know my mouth do. doesn't. <laughs> Your um, mouth doesn't know. Contradictory. It. Yeah. Thank you. But you know, I like it. I think that's a really good answer. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I'll get, I, I I apologize in advance for this question. Question the eighth. Hans Hollenbeck. What movie do you find to be uncomfortably sexy? Something that turns you on, but you're not sure that it should have. Again, tough one. Yeah. This is a tough one. Um. And I have a couple of different answers for it. This sound, this is way avant-garde. Um, it's not a sexy movie, but it's it was for me uncomfortably sexy. My mom rented Doc good, Hollywood. Good start. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, okay. we're we're leading up to the uncomfortable <laughs> part of this. You know, we were gonna have a movie night. It was me, me and my brother and her, and I think we were both probably fourteen. I was. 16 15 he was maybe 13 and just rented a movie and doc hollywood is by far not a sexy movie but there's a scene where in the morning michael j fox is by the lake and this gorgeous woman i can't remember i can't remember her name name. we gotta look her up i i meant to look her up and 
she was in a couple other B movies mm-hmm. and she's you know recognizable but she comes out of this lake fully nude and it it's back in the day when a PG-13 yeah. movie was... Well, she was topless. I, I think, think she, she had some panties on, didn't she? No. I don't remember. Full, I believe that there was full bush. But super hot. Incredibly hot. Like yeah. one of yeah. the hottest naked women you could ever yeah. imagine. And obviously, it's that scene makes the whole movie. The whole rest of the movie is trash compared to that scene. Of and course. I feel like... They shot it differently. It might have even been a slower frame rate, if yeah, I remember there, correctly. There's something going on. And the light shines the off of her perfect. just just so. And when you're a 15 year old, <laughs> and then, then she kind of covers herself she, up, which is sexy. She kind of does, kinda, but yeah, she's. I think I remember all pretty that. brazen about being fully yeah. nude yeah. and like walks right by him. Her and name, the actress's name is Julie Warner. But she shined in that oh, she did. 15 second clip or whatever it was. So is the uncomfortable part watching that with your mom? <laughs> yeah, because I, I look, I'm just awestruck, you know, obviously like turned on for the first time in my adult male life yeah. and my mom's right there. Something awoke in you. <laughs> yeah. That might've started it, you know, and you never like, put it to bed. I really want to see more gorgeous naked women. <laughs> Uh, and I never did put it to bed. And my mom was right there kind of uncomfortable with me. And she reached over and, like, stopped the movie. And we didn't even get to watch the rest of the movie. Oh, yeah. My mom was very mm-hmm. reserved. And so it took me a while to re-rent that movie because I thought it was going to be this, whoa, my God, I got to oh, see more yeah. of this girl. None of that happens ever Nothing. Again. There's yeah. zero more material after that. Right. But for months, I was like, I got to watch the rest of this movie. This is going to be really Got to see that girl again. Got to see this girl again. Yeah. And, of course, it was never the same. No. You know, I've watched that scene probably numerous times as a kid, (laughs) rewinding it and playing it again. And it didn't have that same power. But You can look her up on Mr. Skin or whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) It's just. What is, is that the website, the one where you can just go to all the naked scenes? celebrities naked. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I believe that's. Yeah. yeah, I don't Go know if that out. I don't know if that site even still exists. But man, when we were I'm younger, sure it spent a lot of time on Mister Skin. <laughs> I remember friends of mine and me would go mo- see movies just because we heard the rumor that so and so was be naked in this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's um, actually a great answer. So yeah, that's the uncomfortable. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I saw Porky's with my mom when I was a little kid. Porky's. Yeah, and wow. I was like, "What are we watching?" <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and I was younger than that. I mean, I was like, I had no idea what I was seeing. Yeah, I knew I was interested in it though. Like, like kind of wanted to see more on? of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Especially the scene when Kim Cattrall fucks that football coach or whatever, <laughs> and then she's howling. Or <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> and I forgot it was Kim, Kim Cattrall. Cattrall. I just actually until fairly recently because someone posted like a GIF or whatever of that scene. Kind Is of it a GIF or a GIF? We don't we don't want to get into that, do we? Well, you're so the guy that created that format called it the GIF. Oh, okay. Yeah, but people argue with some credibility to it that it's it stands for graphical interface or graphical image format. Is that what it is? So since the first word is graphical, why wouldn't you call it a GIF? GIF. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get I get both sides, and and honestly, who gives a shit? I don't don't have time to worry about GIF or GIF. We know what we were talking about. So being that you're a funny man. We, you make me laugh. Oh, <laughs> I laugh with you. I laugh at you. Yes. Question the ninth, Hans. 
what film makes you laugh the most? And it, it, th- this doesn't mean like what do you think is the greatest comedy of all time? Like, right. what is just the movie that makes you laugh your ass off? Uh, another tie. Okay. Um, raising Ari- oh. Raising Arizona. Go on. <laughs> you know, and when I when I'm thinking of these questions, it I go to what is my initial. I just have to go with whatever I'm initially coming yeah. up with because I think that's the truest answer. It's going to be the right answer. Raising Arizona, I don't like belly laugh out loud now anymore when I'm like watching it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I ever did, but I think it's just so comedically, insanely good that, you know, I still think of and I still quote it. Yeah. You know, um, there's our mutual friend, Rick. I, I don't know if I can still call him my friend, but. <laughs> <laughs> is he anyone's friend but you he know, and yeah. he and i could literally have conversations with each other only using lines from raising arizona sure. like we both knew that movie verbatim beginning to end very obnoxious nobody wanted to be around when we were in that mode of course not but that movie is fucking funny it's funny it is so funny it's amazingly funny and I, yeah the the humor is just never going to die. You can always keep reliving it. It's just, there's so many good parts yeah. in that movie. I'm, I'm laughing thinking about it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I almost want to go home and watch that movie yeah. now. Yep. <laughs> just the um, music. That music just gets yeah. in your soul. What is that? The call, 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 yeah. 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 It's Coen Brothers makes the great movies. Holly Hunter is so funny in that I movie. <laughs> and Nick Cage. Unbelievable. Not, not a huge Nick Cage fan. Me neither. I don't think he's done really anything of importance, but that movie was genius. Oh, that's unfair. What's your second movie? <laughs> um, Step Brothers. Okay. And and here's when I first watched Step Brothers, hated that movie. I thought it sucked Me too. so much. Me too. And I watch it more and more, and it gets funnier each time. And it will elicit buddy belly laughs from me yeah now that i watch it yeah i i could say a lot about john c Riley. that man i think he's kind of a comedic genius yeah even though people don't look at him that way yeah he did boogie nights obviously of course on the blu-ray there and there's one edition that has this extended cut when he was doing interviews um as chester aquil paul thomas anderson would just let the camera go and just let it run and dude, he could go on for like forty-five minutes, just, just being doing that stuff. Fucking hilarious, man! But it's just making margaritas for Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And talking about well, if I have to be the proctor in this situation, I think Step Brothers is a funny movie. But I've got to go with Raising Arizona. Oh, yeah. I think that yeah. movie is just ridiculously f- and weird. I love how weird, weird it is. Uh, I, I know people love Lebowski, and that's like everyone's kind of go-to. Yeah. Coen Brothers movie, yeah. but I would much rather fucking watch Raising Arizona. I think it's a way funnier movie. It, I think it's sweeter. It is sweeter. It, it, it has this it's like cool. weird sweetness to it. And Lebowski's great too, but I mean they're both great, obviously. But for me, and it, subjectively, I would say that Raising Arizona would be my favorite. It's a cognitive funny. It's a funny that stays with you. It's not like a belly. It's not a fart joke. You know, it's a, <laughs> no. It's a very complex like lingering humor that sticks I just around. I think about the brother-in-law 
throwing the M&Ms uh-huh. at that little kid and I just start laughing so fucking hard. I don't know why that killed. That might be my favorite moment in the movie. He's like, hit the deck, boy. And he just yeah. wings a fucking handful of M&Ms at the little kid. I don't even know why he did it, but and it was he, so I love, funny. I love the suspense of he's like trying to get them to be swingers. You know, oh, yeah. Just popped right in the nose. <laughs> she is a tiger. Yeah. Or no, she's a hellcat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T-I-G-E-R. <laughs> but yeah, there's... The dialogue, talk about dialogue, it's infamous. It's amazingly oh, it's good. Perfect. It's perfect. It's great for that movie. It yeah. makes that whole We've movie. used that word a lot. That might it, be perfect. Oh, perfect. Yeah, we've yeah. said perfect a lot. And, and I, 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 I think that movie's pretty perfect. I, I wish I could use perfect less. When I'm out photogra- doing photography, I... When I'm really in the mode and I get a good shot, I'm like, perfect, perfect. Right. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. Uh, I know. I don't know. That that It's on autopilot. At some point, the word loses meaning. It's like we use, we all use amazing a lot. Yeah. Amazing and perfect. They're overused for sure. Dude, I got some barbecue at J-Bo's. It was amazing. It was perfect. It was amazing. (laughs) This shit is legendary. (laughs) We need to just develop more adjectives, you know? It's like there's only a certain amount that we can use. Have you seen that new episode of Letterkenny? It's hilarious. Uh, uh, Hilarious. I thought you were actually asking me a question. No, no. We just overindulge our language. You know what I mean? Like we, We go a little nuts on the hyperbole, I think. Yeah, it's hyperbole every day. Well, hyperbole is the greatest thing ever. Uh, oh, man. That's Cheers, a good man. answer. Raising your I love you. Answer. Raise a glass. Uh, before we move on, guys, I have to take a quick break to say you guys can reach us at 970-426-5344. Looking for some feedback on the new podcast format. Leave me a text message or a voicemail, what have you. You can also find us at whiskeyrillagmail.com if you want to type out a long-ass email that I'm not going to read. Uh, you can message us on Facebook, Whiskey Reel. Also, that will go to our Instagram, which is The Whiskey Reel. So we'd love some feedback from you guys. Looking for some new reviews. We did get a couple of five-star reviews in the last week or so. I appreciate that a lot. It helps people find the show. Somehow there's an algorithm that makes it more visible the more reviews we get. So appreciate you guys. Hans Hollenbeck, question the 10th. What film can you watch on repeat? As soon as you see it, you just drop the remote and you're going to finish it. And I know that everyone and their mom has said this, and I'm going to say it, too, because it's great. It's fine. Shawshank Redemption is going to be there. Actually, I don't think anyone has. Really? Yeah. How Um, do you not? That's replayed on TNT every four or five hours, I think, right? I wish I could pull a report in my brain of how many times I've seen that movie. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I still love it. It never gets washed out for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's up it, there with Jaws, right? Like it's like Jaws, and it's probably yep. like back to back on TNT or whatever because yep. they play that movie a lot too. But and I can always say the Back to the Futures, mm. any of those to take the mainstream movies out of the equation. I just figured that Shawshank would be Shawshank's a great like, answer. Um, I'm really trying to get it into heaven here, so I'm hoping that Shawshank dude, that's not going to hurt. Key. Um, Stephen King novella that led to that, correct? Yep, correct. Um, might have even been a Richard Bachman. I don't think so. I think it was just was it Stephen was King. it Stephen under Stephen King? Yeah. I, I don't know. There's something really well done. I mean, Frank Darabont's a really yep. pretty fantastic filmmaker. Yep, and that has. I mean, that's obviously his probably his finest work. I'd hard to argue any other way. That's a great movie. Um, he's adapted a couple of Stephen King things. Yep. Yeah. Did you ever see Maximum Overdrive? Oh, I remember Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, really I love well. that one too. 
That was a Ooh. fun kids movie. Ooh. It's not a good movie. It is but not I, a good movie. I'm just saying. I was an Emilio Estevez fan. I love yeah. Young Guns. And I was such a, a Marvel comics nerd back then. Yeah. That I just loved that the truck had the Green Goblin on yeah, the front. I thought I that was too. like the coolest shit ever. I know. And but then like the soda machine comics. killed the guy, and I was yeah. like, oh, this, this movie might be stupid. Yeah, this, <laughs> it's getting a little maximum overdrive, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't um, care what you do to that soda machine. It can't <laughs> fucking torpedo out cans of death. But as a caveat to this question. Oh, okay. Um, I love the caveats. Mo- the movie Pie. Ooh. Have you ever seen that? I have. I love it, and I will watch that over and over Darren again. Darren Aronofsky. An Aronofsky film, black and white. Yep. And Mind fuck of a movie. It is weird and crazy and just... It, it's... I know the first time I watched it, I was like, I really love that movie. Also, I have no idea what the fuck happened. No idea what the hell happened. (laughs) And I think I understand it better now. But like, yeah, when I first watched it, I was like, what did I just watch? As far as getting you into heaven, I think Shawshank is probably your best bet. I mean, those guys are going to love Shawshank Redemption. I figured God's a Shawshank fan. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, it's Morgan Freeman. I think it's like IMDb's number one movie of all time, which is not accurate. That's not true. It's not the greatest movie of all time, in my opinion. It's not. No. And I know there's. it's all subjective, and I'm sure there are people that consider Shawshank to be the best movie of all time. It's in the conversation. They're wrong. Right. (laughs) Anytime anytime it's thrown around in the conversation, you've done well as a director and a movie maker. Yeah. Yeah. So. Objective is that's a hard. I I thought about putting in a question on this where I asked people what objectively is the best movie ever, and I was like, dude, that's a fucking impossible question. Why right. would I ask people that? That's like yeah. mean. Yeah. To put people on the spot like I'd, that, it's too much pressure. I know. I, I would take a drill to my own head if I had to answer I that. I totally agree. And it's Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> <laughs> we did the first time I ever watched that was in the movie theater with you. And that I, is. I correct. remember looking over at you, and I was just like. What the hell is going on right now, Bobby? I think that's exactly what you said. We talk talk about Fury Road on this podcast way too much. It comes up so much. But the the visuals of Fury Road. Hey, your phone's ringing. Hey, uh, question 11. This is a hard one. I think people struggle with this one, too, because it's very personal. Hans Hollenbeck, what film means the most to you? Not because it's good, although it can be great, but because you have a memory associated to that movie. Again, this is kind of a cop-out, maybe, but I go with Fight Club. Okay. This is a movie that I watched in the theater, and my second one is The Matrix, and they're both kind of cop-outs. Okay. But they're both meaningful to me. Okay. And I'll tell you why. There's something about a piece of work that is so intricate and so, you know, complex and beautiful that... It makes me want to say, fuck, what am I even trying? Why am I even trying to be a writer or filmmaker? Or why do I even watch this shit? Right. Because this is kind of on such a new level that I could never, I can never, in my wildest dreams, create something this good. That makes, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And when I first saw Fight Club and The Matrix, they're both these kind of movies that, absolutely shook me on how good they are right um i liked both those movies so much it was two times going to a theater and you watched a movie that you had literally never seen before or anything quite like it like 
both of those films, visually and story-wise, and yep. what you were seeing was something completely fresh, completely yep. new, and you knew this is going to change the way people the way. make movies yep. going forward. And the they way, both did. The way the movies are made and the way I look at the world, really. Yeah. Right. You know, right. The Matrix still fucks with me of like, is it possible that I'm in some weird oh. dream right now? It's or? created a whole subculture of yep. people that do believe that. Right. And it, it, it's a good question to ask yourself. How do we know what's real? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's a psychological test that, that it, it's bringing to the audience of like, are, is what you know real? Yeah. You know? Are you just being tricked? Yeah. And that's why we have flat earthers and QAnon followers and because it holds weight of like questioning your inner sanctity, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think having theories like that and having that kind of thought process is sometimes easier than saying like, actually, this is just a bunch of hairless apes. Yeah. You know, sticking around for 80 years and then we just vanish off the face of the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it's the birth of it's why people looked up at the sky and were like, well, someone's throwing lightning bolts and they created Zeus. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, it, it's just a there. There has to be something more. There has to be. Right. You know, and it's a really hard. The hardest thing to wrap your head around is like, no, no. I mean, we're just vessels full of electric energy that's floating around through our body and keeping these muscle fibers firing and right. you know you know what i mean yep and we're here to fuck make a baby and then die yep and the, that's and we're the gonna point. dissolve into nothing and that's, that's the, yeah and, and it's scary i mean that's kind of how i look at the world a little bit but it's not there's a comforting feeling about knowing well maybe there is actually something other than that and and this is why i like to watch these kind of movies of like I believe that too. I'm a scientist at heart and you know, the, the harsh reality science wise is that, yeah, we're probably after death, we're probably nothing. There's yeah. no synapses firing anymore. Your body's not, mm-hmm. you know, uh, working as it should. You're done. Yeah. Um, but then there's this other level of like, wait a minute, this is something that I think I know. And maybe there is, another life and there's a greater power and there's instances where I become something completely different morph and change into a Mm -hmm. whole different life or a whole different session you know this is just maybe the beginning and I love watching these kind of movies like Fight Club is a movie that's like maybe there's a alter ego that I don't even know that's rip making ripples in my world you know? How how do you feel about Fight Club now, through a, looking at it through the lens that you look through the world now, as far as the like the ethos and the and the politics of it and the I look at it a little differently. Like what do you mean? Then I elaborate because well, I mean these guys were essentially terrorists. I don't know. I, I have a hard time with like the Chuck Palahniuk is just he has a a, a worldview that I guess. I, it was much easier for me to digest as an angry young man. Yeah, but now that I'm a slightly less angrier old man. I look at it now and I'm like, you fucking idiots. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys are fucking idiots. It's a dream here. And here's 
let me touch on that. I think that there needs to be more accountability. Uh, you know, we talked on politics yeah. and stuff, and I say, fuck it, burn all of that shit down. Like there, there's a a deficiency in our world right now. If you I, ever read, if you ever read the Fight Club book, uh-huh, it's the ending is so empowering mm-hmm. um, because the ending's different than the movie, yep. and he winds up in a hospital mm-hmm. thinking that he's you know he's put a gun in his mouth shoots himself in the head winds up in this white room thinks he's in heaven and then realizes he made it like he's just in a hospital and all the things that he's created or Tyler Durden's created are still in process it's all in motion yeah. it's still in motion and even the nurses are like don't worry Tyler Durden everything's fine we got everything's still on course and he's just like, fuck, I tried to end it all. Yeah. But he, his alter ego has started something that's bigger than can't, himself. Can't be controlled. Yep, can't be controlled. And yeah. it's too too late to stop now. Yeah. But I also think that, like, January 6th, there was a bunch of dudes in that crowd that thought they were Tyler Durden. Totally. And you know it, what I mean? And I... And the, like, the thing with ugh. January 6th is, like, there needs to be a revolution. There needs to be people saying, hey, look, this we need to change this all. But there's no one that's smart enough to figure out a way w- what that should look like right now. Sure. And so violence is never going to be the answer, you know? No. And I think Fight Club subversely says that. It's like, yeah, it's a violent book. Well, it's know. a battle of methodologies because his character sees things – totally different from his alter ego it's it's right you know it's about duality right right he's like why are we doing it this way sure. being trying to be the more mindful yeah thoughtful approach and They're, then there's the tyler Durden character that's like, just like no it burn him. chaos you know? and i hey i don't know i'm not gonna pretend like i know the answer to that i don't either but, and that's the question yeah absolutely well this brings us to that moment question the 12th hans hollenbeck should you be deemed worthy to ascend, you're allowed to bring a movie with you, one movie, because you get to host a movie night. What movie would you take with you to show the rest of the chosen people? Such a demanding and challenging question, if I would <laughs> I mean, gulp. I am sweating now with know, the pressure of this. Yeah, the pressure's on. It's, I'm going to throw a curveball out there, and I took a while on this. Okay. And I'm going to throw this out there because I think it's one of the most underrated movies of all time. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind would be the movie I think I would bring. Okay. I like a lot of this. Um, It's underrated. Sam Rockwell is amazing. George Clooney, amazing. I think he actually directed it. Directed this movie. He did. And it's a a prime example of how you can mix offbeat dark comedy with like real cool shit. it's got a great cast. Drew Barrymore, who I'm not a fan of, no, shines in that movie. Yep. Um, when when you can take an actor who I don't like and then transform them into a movie and they do a great job, I'm like, okay, I got to give it some merit. Uh, and the ending of that is is great. Remind me. So they do the he the main character create has created all these games you know he created the dating game and whatever yep. and he's also an assassin and i guess it's 
it's from his autobiography. It is from his autobiography. Yep. And he, you know, said that he did all this, that he was an assassin for hire and he would go off to these different countries and assassinate people right. under the cover of being the producer of the show or whatever. Yep. Which is such a cool idea. I know. It's no, it really is. Um but the very end is he comes up with this fictional game called the old man game and right, he says right. we take three old men we put them on stage and they all have a loaded gun and they're given their dreams and their potential and all their hopes and everything and they see that it's all been dashed and the last one to put the gun in his mouth and blow his brains yep. out wins and he wins a refrigerator. Right. And I'm just like, it's golden. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Because that's kind of how our world is. It's like. Yeah. It, it's so easy to, le- to be trampled underfoot. Right. And rewarded with this insignificant fucking token at the end, you know? It was The guy's name was uh, Chuck Barris. Chuck Barris. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Sam Rockwell is a fucking G. That guy is, is such an amazing actor. Yep. I love Sam Rockwell. I do too. I can't think of anything that I've watched. He's been in a couple of bad movies, but I've never seen him be even remotely less than stellar. Yeah. He's, he's such great. a fucking fantastic actor. Matchstick Men was great. He's great um, in that. What is that uh, science fiction movie? Oh, God. Galaxy Quest. Yeah. He's amazing in that. Yeah, Galaxy um, Quest. Um, Moon. I don't know if you saw Moon. Oh, Moon was great. He's phenomenal in Moon. Yep. Yeah, he's such a good actor. Yep. Um, he gets a little overlooked. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He's hilarious. A lot of people hate that movie. I don't. I think that's... It was supposed to be what it was. It's not was exactly the book, right. obviously. Right. But what... I mean, that's an unfilmable nonsense yeah. book. Yeah. Fantastic! I love yep. the the whole series, but yeah, that movie I thought was really good. And he's his Zaphod is just hysterical, yeah. and it was definitely um, uh, George Bush, George W. Bush yeah, was kind of what he was putting out there. Like, he had a little George Bush, Bush in him. Yeah, <laughs> um, I got the, a spaceship. But I like the they they show Barris. They show an actual clip of Barris kind of like rubbing his face at the end. Right. And they do the same thing in Blow where they show the actual guy at the very end when he's sad. He's been incarcerated for like 25 years. I remember years the end of Blow. So at the end of the Blow, you know, after he's told his story, they the film actually shows the actual person right. for like 10 minutes. And it's reminiscent those two films are reminiscent of each other there it shows kind of the weight of this guy's face yeah you know and that's what makes me believe that it what his you know a lot of people are like oh this guy barris is a bullshitter you know he's just an egotistical guy but you see the wrinkles in his face and you see this just like right the weight to his eyes and you're like man this guy has seen some some things yeah yeah for sure you know and the same shot in blow is like they they show him and he's just looking at the camera for like five seconds yeah and you're like whoa yeah just looking at this guy you're like i haven't seen blow since that movie came out but yeah right at the end is it good should i revisit blow it's worth revisiting it's not gonna i remember it being like a lot of other movies you know it's like rise to power yeah, drugs take over, yeah. women take over, and then everything falls apart. Yeah, you've seen it, you know it. Yeah, it's you're that not gonna, very you're classic. Not missing anything? Scarfacey kind of arc yep. 
to it or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But it's a good movie, yeah. you know? And I think Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, man, is going to go over really well. People I hope are going to so. love that. I hope the And they're going to get to see it because Hans Hollenbeck, you've been deemed worthy. <laughs> Woo! I'm passed. By the way, I can't, I, I can't send anybody to hell, man. So Have far, you, you've, you've yet to send anyone <clears throat> the to closest, the closest. Uh, yeah, I wanted to send Wes last week. I really wanted to send him to hell because he's a bad person. But like, wow. no, he's, he's <laughs> not. <laughs> Wesley, how dare you? <laughs> um, anything you want to throw on here? Uh, you want to kind of website, uh, business that you want to talk about? You're more um, than welcome to plug anything you want to plug. Sure, please check out. If you're a local, I own Alpha Collective. That's E A or excuse me, A E L P H A. Um, Alpha Collective. I do film, video, photography. Um, super busy, so you're probably not even gonna get me. But I love doing it, and but I also love writing, and I love hanging out with with guys like Bobby Noise. So we don't get if, to do it enough. If you're here in this podcast. Uh, touch up on me, you know, touch up on Bobby, you know, if, if you're worthy enough to even take this test, hopefully you can pass, <laughs> but, um, it's cool. It's, it's a good community we have and hopefully we can expand it, you know? Yeah, that's the plan. Yep. That's the plan. Bigger and better things. All right, my friend, thank you so much for coming. It was a privilege, it's, man. It's so much fun to get to hang out with you. Love you, brother. Love you. Have a good death. Later, man.